Good evening. The opinions and statements voiced by our guests do not necessarily reflect the opinions of this network. Enjoy the shows. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk only on Paranormal Experience Radio. Broadcasting live, live, live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome to the Paranormal Experienced Radio Show with your host, Captain Hobson. We are here to learn all we can about every type of experience within the paranormal. There will be interviews with seasoned investigators of the spiritual realm, including ufologists. Cryptozoologists, psychics, mediums, authors, and creators of technology, and others with credible knowledge to share. Together, we will find out what brought these investigators of the unknown into the field and learn what keeps them working so hard in it. I'm interested in learning how these individuals go about their work, and I believe you are too. This program is all about bringing those who are in the field together with our listeners who are interested in what they find. For us, the paranormal is all about working with and supporting each other. We're all here seeking answers to the questions that bother us so. Now, let's get those answers. And enjoy the show. Good evening. Welcome to Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson. That's me. I am so glad that you're here tonight and you're going to be as well. I know that we had talked. You know, a lot of people have messaged me about my guest tonight. He is Jim Hunt. He is the person on Knock Knock Ghost on Amazon Prime who is the most interactive with the spirits and the locations they come across. And I'm going to tell you, if you have not checked this show out, you are missing out. I absolutely love every episode that I've gone through. And... It's also on Discovery Plus, so there's that. So if you are interested, I know you are, you wouldn't be here, check Jim out with his co, co, um, co-stars, I guess. I like that the film engineer is a participant also. So it's kind of fun and Jim Hunt, welcome to Paranormal Experience. I am so pleased you're here. Kat, I want to thank you very much for inviting me, and I'm looking forward to the next hour and a bit. Yep, or two. Or two. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know, I I am just really impressed by you. And it's not the television show, and it's not... The gifts, although 
they're pretty cool too. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, what you do with them is very cool. Thank but you. I am really just impressed with you as a human. Wow. So, I appreciate that and I respect that. Thank you. You're welcome. I had nothing to do with it. It's all you. <laughs> <laughs> but when I started learning a little bit about you, I was really pleased and thought that this is going to be such a great mix. And your patience level is really extreme. So that's appreciated too. You're a dog lover. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that's tops and aces in my book. Thank you. But what would you like to share with people so that they can feel that they know a little bit about you before we get started? Um, I guess I'm unique in what I do and my abilities. I don't use it for any other reason other than to help people whenever I can. I am a professional life coach. So I'm able to use my psychic and mediumship abilities to be able to hone in on people's issues, their boundaries, no boundaries, what's what makes them afraid, why they're in a certain situation because of past lives. I'm usually able to get to where they need to be quicker so that we can help them let go of a lot of their past. The, the spirit world has helped me my whole life. And it has protected me on so many different levels that I think and I believe that I can do the same for others. I'm not, I don't profess to be perfect because none of us are, but I'll definitely get you an answer if I don't have one. And I'll try and find out through my sources to get anybody an answer. I just grew up that way. So, and I just tend to be that way. I want to do this completely and honestly with the integrity that we bring forth to others because there are some shysters out there Mm -hmm. uh, that take advantage of people and their emotions. And I just want to let people know that that's not what I do for a living. I want to get rid of that stress and that anxiety from you, from what you feel and what you see. And maybe it's all the past lives that you've gone through. And it's just uh, maybe contract that you've had in the past or whatever the case may be, but I'm here to help. And that's basically what I do. Well, I like that. You also um, told me that you're very honest and that you are who you are. And mm-hmm. that's that's such a treat and such a, a blessing in its own right. Because it's difficult sometimes to feel comfortable with, all, especially you're involved in programming, you're involved in in. Well, you're, you're involved in a lot of stuff. I am. But, you know, the life coach thing is, that is actually a gift that you're giving to your public because it's so difficult to navigate today's world. Oh, it is. And it's difficult to recognize what is important for yourself and if you can find someone who is honest and forthright who can help you with that it's 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 just like the sky the heavens open right the gates and, do open and people do feel comfortable with me once um they put that trust factor in there and they know that they're i'm not gaining anything from this mm-hmm. 
and I usually give an answer or two. I'm not into the shock value of anything. It happens because it happens. And I know things that maybe people don't like me to know, but I don't feed on it. And if they want to talk about it, then we'll talk about it. But we usually can let go a lot of energy. I also clear everybody's chakras at the same time. I do a lot of Reiki on people as we're working so that we can just get to the point. So it's basically... I'm a kid of the 60s, so just think of me as one of those stoners that are just saying, hey, man, let's let's, let's walk through this and we'll all be okay. <laughs> I knew a lot of them. Mm-hmm. Me too. And because I hung out with a lot of them, people assumed I was one. <laughs> and I just, I like chilled out. Mm-hmm. I didn't have a lot of that when I was growing up. And... um it's just to me when I get around someone who has a calming nature, it's just, it just takes me to such a good place and I can release too. And I would imagine based on my reaction to you that a lot of people would feel that way and they would trust you in your role as a life coach because of that. Mm-hmm. And it works. And, um, they come back, which is great. And it's basically, we start off where we left off because right. there's new changes. And, you know, I, I can see someone from 10, 12 years ago and, uh, we can start right where we left off. And it's because of the spirit world that allows me to do that and just say, Oh, do you remember her? This is what she went through or him. This is what he's done. And, um, we go through a whole different scenario and usually there's more people who have passed. that give me more information as well around that person when I'm reading them. And it's, it's, it's a lot of fun. Well, that's pretty amazing. I'm, I'm After... very lucky. <laughs> I think the people you coach are probably pretty lucky too. And I would think that they know that hmm. Thank or you. they wouldn't come back after 10 years. Yeah, true. Well, I am just, I really don't know where to start. Oh, wow. Okay. How about when, because we had started talking and, mm-hmm. you know, as we were getting ready and going through all the little bit of fiascos that show up pre-show on things. Yep. Now, I do know that as a, as a child, a young child, you recognized that you were able to see things, experience things that other people didn't. Very much so. How was, how was that first experience? What did you do with it? it, It's, and it's how we have to explain it to all of us when we're, we're in that range. We're five, I'm five. Um, I was probably um, just a regular rambunctious young man at five years old. Uh, not a care in the world, being very well protected by my family and uh, where I grew up in Machine, Quebec and uh, those areas, uh, your your city and or the area that you grew up with, everybody was a mother, everybody was a father kind of thing. So we were very well protected. So I always felt safe. So when I could not really differentiate between the dead and the living because I saw them that well and the very first experience was in a sandbox that was probably 18 feet by 18 feet. And that's no word of a lie. It was made for the neighborhood. 
uh, a, a series of apartments and all the kids would play there. The mothers would gather and do their laundry and sing to Elvis Presley and Frank Sinatra and all the other things that would happen. Uh, I was playing in the sandbox. There was a man directly across from me. Uh, didn't say very much. Uh, he was much older and he kept on pointing into the sand and pointing at a certain area of the sand. And uh, lo and behold, um, I grabbed my little pail, my shovel and started to dig. And what I found was my um, GI Joe with the astronaut connection oh. that was a little space capsule. And I had buried it in the sand in the fall. I forgot all about it and begged my mother to ask her to find it. And she had no clue where it was. Nobody knew where it was. And so the very first spring that I was out there in that sandbox, that spirit, without having a conversation, pointed to where it was. I dig it up, and he was gone when I turned around to dig it up, and it was right there in front of me. I was so elated with such gratitude towards um, a spirit, which I did not know was a spirit, really, at that time, to actually help me and find my cherished little G.I. Joe toy. So I've been dealing with the dead for many, many years, and mostly with the good. I've always seen the bad, and they are just about as afraid of me, uh, and they should be, because I have no fear of the evil side of, of the part that I go through. I'm not afraid of the demonic. I'm not afraid of the dark energy the little minions, I have no fear of them because uh, they take advantage of our fear. They take advantage of our insecurities. And sadly, these type of ghosts and these type of spirits, they have a file on you already from your past lives. And they go really? through them. Oh, they do. And they can bring up some of the things from your past lives that might affect you in the living life today of your insecurities that not were brought on by having the most amazing parents or the most amazing life, but you could have this anxiety that came comes out of nowhere. And it was based on another past life that you might have gone through something. So the spirit, the, the evil, the dark energy picks up on that and enjoys that and makes a game of it to frighten you or to keep you in that realm. And so you go through life again with those same feelings. I probably had a lot of hectic past lives, which I have, but I didn't, I didn't allow it to affect me because I felt protected. I have never felt more protected at my age at 63 from the spirit world itself. It's as if I have my own cocoon of spirit energy protecting me and they know it. They've tried to infiltrate it. I've been stabbed. I've been poked. I've been, um, my hair's been, pulled, uh, poked in the eyes. I really have been stabbed in a prison, um, um, made to throw up all of these little things, but it right. lasts very, very, it doesn't last very long. It just, because I take over and I just say, you don't have permission, get away from me and we move on. And then I try and release the spirits that are stuck in that realm or in that plane. And that's, I think is the thing that I do the best is release the spirits who are lost and send them on into the light where they belong. Are they often afraid to let go and go into the yes. light? I have found I've, that. 
I found that too. And it's not so much that they don't want to go, but it's just like the bully who's holding them back mm -hmm. and trying to control that form of energy. The, the dead are, are just the same as the living and we just have to overcome the bully in the spirit world. And that's what I've been able to do in my whole existence is get rid of the bully and deal with the bully because they know that if they hurt me, I will come back and they will be haunted themselves and they will never be able to do what they're doing again, ever. And they know it. And they see my files, so they know that I'm not fooling around. When you talk about the, the files of the past life, you're not referring to like Akashic records and things of that nature, or are you? I am in some ways. Um, we are all reincarnated. We have to go through a lot of different yes. versions of ourselves to get to that higher plane that we've always been trying to do. Uh, I mean, we're right now existing on the human side, believe it or not, but there are other galaxies, there are other forms. But right now we're sitting in this form and we are dealing with what is going on on, in, on this earth. But <clears throat> there are so many other portals and so many other uh other types of beings out there that are just as good and just as gentle and just as happy as we are they're just a little bit more secretive than we are and they hold back on sharing where they come from they go in and out of their portals yes there's the dark energy but it's the people that call on the dark energy that they show up but if you work with what you have in existence and you are empathic and you care about what you're doing the light will stay with you more than the dark. That's comforting because I've experienced the dark and mm. found it very disconcerting. I was not prepared for what happened. And it doesn't happen to me very often at all because I'm, I try to stay positive. I feel like my energy is very light mm -hmm. most of the time. <laughs> everybody mm -hmm. has their moments oh we do but, we do you know i've i've been told that i attract that because i'm considered a challenge but if that were the case then everyone would attract that because everyone has positivity too there's we all have facets of our being right or do you think so oh no we do i mean um if we look at our world today, we have a lot of evil who's alive right in front of us. And they're just encouraged by the dark energy to continue doing what they're doing. Um, but there is more white energy than there is dark energy. It's just right now what we're going through with all the, ver uh, the, the Omicron or the COVID and everything else that we've lived with and uh, what we're putting up with most of the human race are exhausted from all of this. So the dark energy is just having a field day with a lot of us and we're starting to lose it. We're feeling uncomfortable. There's a lot of, you know, children that need help, adults that need help. And just to have that conversation to protect themselves because the dark are just feeding off of us. And what we're able to do is you, you walk down in a, or I'll walk into a mall or a store and you can see the dark energy and they'll spread right out of the store or right out wherever I am because they know that I'm there to make sure that 
you don't belong here. You stay away from that person or stay away from that person. And they just, they just go away. It's like a, a reverse magnet when I walk into a room and they're really that bad. And they, That's they know astounding. better. That's uh, I, I, I don't waste much time. And people might think that it's like, uh, uh, that's not true or it doesn't happen. I've lived this life and I should have been dead 10 times over in some of the things that I've done. But my purpose here is to help the light move and to help the living move forward too. Again, I'm nobody special. We all have this ability. It's where do we take it? How do we use it? And why aren't we using it enough? That's pretty amazing. Mm-hmm. You may not think that's special. I think that's extraordinarily special. Thank and you. I am always thankful for the people like you who have this ability and share it. Because yet your show involves paranormal investigation. Mm-hmm. Active paranormal investigation. Very. And <laughs> yes. Oh my gosh. <laughs> I watched your first show. I think oh. it was your first show. The one, um, Niagara. In Niagara on the Lake at the Fort yes. Henry. Yes. That was your first episode, wasn't it? It was. It was the very first time I've ever been in front of a camera. It was like the craziest experience I've ever had. And one of the most enjoyable I've ever had because it was so new. I was like a kid in a candy store. So fun. <laughs> I think that's pretty neat too. I got to guest on a show one time and the production I didn't know what to expect, but the production Mm -hmm. crew was absolutely fantastic. They actually investigated with the principals um, Mm -hmm. when they did the actual investigation. Mm -hmm. But it it was. It was just like a kid in a candy store. It was so much fun. And unfortunately, or fortunately, in the course of my part of the show when I was being interviewed, the people that were working in the basement broke through a wall and found bones so oh it was so and i had always thought they were there my friend who owns the location we were in thought that there was something in those walls and lo and behold there they were and yeah they had to make a decision um yeah who do we call Mm -hmm. do we call the local police do we call you know, a coroner. They they had to go through all that. I was so impressed with them. They were brilliant. We had to do that in Canada too. You have to. You have no choice. <laughs> yeah. But um, ultimately, some of them were um, not ruled out as humans. Hmm. So there are a lot of animals because, you know, long time walled up area of a weird basement with tunnels in it. And I agree with the gentleman from your show. I did never met a tunnel that I did not consider dark and scary and wanted somebody to lead the way into. <laughs> but we have to take a break, believe it or not. Okay. Um, we will be right back. Y'all come back as well. And you are listening to Paranormal Experienced with Kat Hobson here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. See you in a sec. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. 
Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Hops Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk only on Paranormal Experience Radio. Broadcasting live, live, live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, come on. I'm Southern, but. Um. Nope. That'll do. Hello. I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal. From ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond, you'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. We are confident that none of our hosts are possessed. Being repossessed a few times, that might be a different story. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, Birmingham, Alabama. Thank you for listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. The time is 23 minutes after the hour. Welcome back to Paranormal Experience. I am so glad you're here. And if you missed the first segment, I will just tell you that I am having a great time with my guest, Jim Hunt, who is a brilliant psychic medium, and he is a um, physical medium, if I'm not mistaken. And he also participates on a Amazon Prime show titled Knock Knock Ghost. If you haven't been watching it, you've got to go. You've got to go check this out. Um, and I am enjoying our conversation very much. I'm appreciative of you being here. And thanks again. Well, now, no, thank you. I love this. I really I'm do. I'm glad. That. You know, I got really excited when I was watching your show because... You're very matter-of-fact. Just mm-hmm. what you see is what you get. You don't lose your cool. You have great information. Mm-hmm. And you're not afraid to use tools, too. No. So, which is nice because a lot of psychics and mediums, and they are different, mm-hmm. but a lot of them are not comfortable I guess maybe working with tools like, you know, voice boxes, spirit box, EMF meters. Yes. But I don't see anything wrong with that. It just, I think it's validation for one thing, although you already know that you're doing what you do, but, um, sometimes it helps other people 
feel more comfortable because there's a physical cue there that something is happening. And although I'm sure absolutely positive they trust you and others, it's still nice for the people that don't have those abilities to have validation that, yep, this is really happening. Okay, I see this. And I get tickled at the naysayers about all of those pieces <laughs> of equipment. Yes. I've mm-hmm. gotten an awful lot of evidence, especially with um, voice boxes, although I do not care for the white noise at all. It's very distracting. Uh, yeah, it is. It can be distracting. But um, if you're very in tune to what's in front of you, the energy, um, I already know what words are. Not, I don't know what they're going to be saying, but you, I can feel the shift of the energy in a spirit box or a voice box. I can feel the obvious come on Mm -hmm. and start saying the words and prepare for that. Um, It's just like, it's almost uh, reactionary by me. And I'm able to just say, okay, it's going to happen. Cause I can, I can take my crew, my producing crew, and I can say, you know, pay attention to the left side of this, room because you're going to get orbs that will start moving and they absolutely do and one of the uh, one of my amazing um uh film crew guys he was he he was following me around uh with his all this stuff that he wears when he's following me his camera (laughs) and i said dude you get ready you're gonna you're gonna get your hair pulled and there were a lot of like uh f's this and f's that if that's gonna happen i'm leaving and Lo and behold, within 30 seconds, he had his hair pulled and he's just saying, okay, okay, okay. I'm going to stay near you. I'm not going anywhere. I'm not leaving this room. And I think (laughs) it was a lot of fun, right? So, right. And if you have, if people watch the show uh, at the end, we, I said, you got to keep the bloopers in. You got to see our foolishness and our laugh and our, our excitement because, uh, you know, people laugh when they're afraid or they'll do something foolish when we're afraid. And, we do a lot of that, you know, so it was always, it was very good for everybody to see that we're just regular Joes in a way and having fun with it or not, depending on the day or where we were. Well, I found, I found several of your locations fascinating and I'm not sure I would have wanted to go to all of them hmm. because I, um, I do have a respect for spirits and i actually at a location the location that i had mentioned mm-hmm. the reason i was there was because i had grossly offended the spirits <clears throat> excuse me and they re they reacted very strongly right i had stuff happen that i didn't anticipate ever happening there were you know doors cast you know the big jail doors slamming and I mean you could hear them slam you knew where they were you could hear the footsteps the doors never moved Mm -hmm. but they were slamming I mean there was a lot of that in the area I was in and it was probably well deserved Mm -hmm. (laughs) I had been in a location I should not have been in but um it was it was interesting so i do understand that they have emotions still too and they are reactionary as well so you don't have to 
be afraid of them because they never hurt me. I know that there are times that they scratch, bang, bop, you know, and do hurt. As you said, you've Mm -hmm. been stabbed before. Mm -hmm. But, um, did it, was it an actual, like, penetrated you stabbing? They had, I had a ring of, um, the size of a big pen. Right. Uh, Mark in my back and uh, the camera crew, I, I felt a burning. I just said, oh, that hurts a little bit as I was going up the stairs. And as they were filming, they saw blood coming from my shirt. So it was quite, it was freaky. And the, even the well, doctor yeah. said it was kind of freaky at the same time because I couldn't do it on my own because it was at a place where I couldn't really get to myself right and we're filming so they showed the doctor that and he just he even had a hard time believing and understanding what happened oh wow so it was kind of that was a cool thing for me even though I got hurt I knew that that was the very that was the second time that I was physically hurt uh where blood was drawn so that was the weirdest thing for me and it was it was it was um different um but then we went back i went in and i took complete control and there was nothing left uh, in the way of demonic they just they pushed themselves up against the walls or they leaned into a corner or they just left because they knew i was upset when i came back well i think that if i had done that to someone i would be you know decking them too mm-hmm. i mean seriously oh yeah there's I, no no, there's no, uh, there's no place for this when we're alive, and there's no place for it when the dead do it either. No. And, you know, sometimes they can be such putzes, and sometimes they can just play right with you and do things to help the others know what's going on. Mm-hmm. So I have... I was investigating at a friend's hospital up in Tennessee, And there was a balloon. There were a bunch of balloons in the floor. There were fans, but none of the fans were near where the balloons were. And they weren't guided that way either. And at the end of the day, and one of the, the woman who was with me actually happens to be in our chat room. She's going to love me telling this. The balloons just started making a circle and they would, it's like a kid they would get over in front of the fan and they would just poof. And sometimes hmm. the fan couldn't move them. And sometimes oh. it would, but they would be going against the wind to roll in front of the fan. And then it would just shoot them off in a direction and they'd just, you know, come back around again mm-hmm. in front of a couch and then get back and go back into the fan and get back there and hold their ground for a minute and then just poof. And kept, they did that circle, that loop, forever. I mean, it took, they never got fun. I mean, never got tired of having fun. Mm-hmm. And I thought, that has to be a child. And then I thought, well, I would probably be getting off on that too. Mm-hmm. That's kind of fun. So, you know, it was just interesting. Um, Lots of neat stuff. I was I was in Memphis in 2013, and I went to the 
museum, obviously, where Martin Luther King was assassinated. Mm -hmm. And the energy that I felt on that balcony was phenomenal. I I felt nothing where they were displaying the room that he stayed in. But on that balcony, the anxiety and the energy and the displaced energy that was still there was unbelievable. And it just sat right there. And it was like the, one of the most uncomfortable things that I have experienced ever in my life. It was crazy. That is crazy. Was the anxiety because he had been assassinated there or because he feared the assassination before it happened? He, uh, it's, I'm going to tell you, to me, it was both. It was he knew that day he was going to die. He knew. I I don't know how he knew, but he knew. And to experience um, a photograph where they are pointing to where he was, where they heard the gunshot come from, I can feel his last breath basically at that point. Oh, wow. So it was very unique, something I've never felt before and uh, very different. I've never experienced that ever since anywhere. And I've been to some pretty horrific places that are not on TV that I am. It's against the law for some of the places that I've been into that I can't share, but right. pretty bad. Were they U.S. based? Yes. Every single one of, of those horrific things were U.S. based. Wow. Well, I would. I'm going to ask you off the air about one. Sure. I'm not going to ask you on the air. Okay. But, um. Oh, Sherry in chat said maybe Dr. King was psychic too. He was very intuitive. I'm telling Mm -hmm. you, he knew what was going on. He was enlightened by knowing that he had a purpose. He knew his soul life. He knew his destiny. And he knew that he was going to allow a lot of change to happen. It still took a long time and it still is taking a long time. Yes. And it pisses me off that it's still taking this long. But it was uh, a feeling of fear, anxiety, and yet he was at peace. The rest of the world won't feel that and they might not agree with you or with me. But that falling of him as an angelic, he changed the world and he was able to do so. Absolutely, he changed the world. And it was a beautiful thing. And to feel that energy of him releasing himself from that horrific day and not taking blame and not putting blame on anybody else. That's the big deal that I felt. That's huge. Wow. That's unbelievable almost. Mm -hmm. But, you know, this is going to be blasphemy to some, but Christ knew that. You know, mm-hmm. when he went to Gethsemane and you know, his friends all conked out on him. So he was basically just on his own the night before he died. And if you go with, he was uh, gifted to say the least. I personally believe he is who he says he was. Yep. And that he was here to do what he said he did. So, and he stepped up to the plate, and there's not and, many of many men that he were took able it. to follow him. Yep. No, but he too was terrified. Oh yeah, 
I mean, he didn't want to go through it. No. Nope. And I think maybe Dr. King had a lot of that. I know that um, I'm from Birmingham, Alabama. I grew up here in the mm-hmm. 60s. And wow. it was something that I actually have memory of. My dad was in the National Guard. But my dad had been educated much differently than most people here. He was um, in the graduating class of one of the first Dell Carnegie-based schools oh, wow. in the nation. It was, mm-hmm. And so his outlook on life and universal things was much different than the average person here. Mm-hmm. And I do believe that he was going to be court-martialed. And would have been if his uncle was not the sheriff in this county. Wow. So, because he just would not do what they wanted him to do. Well, I'll get some hate mail tonight because of what we just talked about. Well, I may too, but you know what? That's okay. (laughs) You know, if if you doubt the things that you say and that you attribute to Dr. King, you just have to listen to the younger Dr. King, his daughter. Mm Mm-hmm. She shares that same message. And if he hadn't been killed, then that could have gone either way. You know, we would have had things resolved in a more peaceful manner, and we would be through all this angst by now. Or it would have gone into more dangerous times and we would still be suffering the repercussions from that. Absolutely. A hundred percent. Things do happen the way they happen. And if you are someone brave enough to be the impetus to change the world, that's pretty special. And that's actually how I close every show. Nice. If you don't like what you see, fix it. Manifest the difference because you can change the world that you live in. We make the changes. Yeah. Just grow a set and go on. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> well, grow we're going to take our we're going to take our next break. And um I'm really surprised that there's no comment on that in chat. So, maybe they're asleep at the wheel. But we will be right back. I'm teasing guys. But we'll be right back. And um thanks for being here. Y'all be sure and come back to Talk to you on the flip side. You are listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Oh, come on. I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello, I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. 
Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Hops Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experienced Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome back to Paranormal Experienced. I am so glad that y'all are here, along with my guest Jim Hunt. And Jim is life coach. He's a psychic. He's a medium. He is a star of Knock Knock Ghost on Amazon Prime. And if you're not watching it, you are missing out. But mainly, you know what? He is just an amazing man. And I'm so glad that he is here. So, Jim, thanks again. I'm really enjoying this. Thank you, Kat. Awesome. Thank you. Well, it's not really your basic paranormal show. You know, if you go by the rule book somewhere's probably written somewhere but i do that right i like stuff <laughs> i don't like going by the book i'm sorry i'm not a book i don't do it by the book i am different and i want to be different i don't i don't like being in the norm i never have never will well you know nobody ever really solved anything major by being in the norm no they didn't change the world no and they didn't, you know, they didn't leave anything that people could take forward. Nope. But Not there is all. a long time that I really wish that I was normal. <laughs> yeah, but to me, that's really a setting on a dryer. But, mm-hmm. you know, it, life would have been much easier, I think, if I were normal. How do you feel? Because you are so much more than the average bear. Do you ever wish that you had either not found this gift so early or maybe not it, found it, period? I'm asked this all the time. I, I don't know any different. Mm-hmm. You know, the age of reasoning, they say, is at seven. Mine was probably at five. Right. Um, to be questioned and to be misunderstood, um, that's I've grown up that way. Uh, I'm controversial with a lot of my friends that are on my f- personal Facebook page and how we talk. And uh, I, I'm not, I, I express myself the way that I feel I am. I'm not going to, uh, I, I, I don't put anybody down. I, I identify with who I am, but it's the people who are afraid of what I do or afraid of the paranormal that come out of the woodwork to try and embarrass you or to make you look bad or as a child get beaten to a pulp because they don't know what you did and have a two by four pushed across your head and uh, left for dead. Uh, There's so many different things. Oh, it was, it was crazy how we grew up or how I grew up. And then I just, uh, after I guess the age of nine, I just shut my mouth until I was about 
19. I didn't say another thing to anybody for about 10 years because it was just too much. Wow. I'm so sorry. Oh, don't be sorry. It's uh, I mean, it's, it's a learning experience. I understand. Thank you. Thank you. But it's just, I put up with it. I lived with it. Um, My mother uh, made sure that I protected myself from it. She put me into martial arts so that I wouldn't get beaten up again. Um, You know, she did a lot of good things for me to make sure that I was going to be okay and safe in the adult world at the same time, because the patterns of people don't change if they are uncertain or unhappy or weary of what you do. I mean, you must know, and a lot of people in the paranormal, we do not read minds. It's the spirits that talk to us, that give us the information that you don't like to hear. And that's, that's basically what it is. And the dead talk and they let me know. And I, and I'm very, very cautious in the way that I present the information to someone so that it's not, I'm blunt in some areas to get them to see or react in a, in a positive way. But I'm not, I'm not going around telling everybody what they should and shouldn't do because I only give an opinion when my opinion is asked, but you're not going to get an opinion from me otherwise. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. I know a lot of people that wish I followed that rule. <laughs> <laughs> so, you know, my husband might be one. Oh, my, my wife will. My wife puts up with me too, so it's yeah. good. And she's a she's a professional stand-up comedian, by the way, and I like I love plugging that woman. So it's, it's That is awesome. What's her name? Jill Knight, and it's Nighttime Comedy. She was she's She's crazy in a positive way. And it's excellent. You know, she makes me laugh. And I don't think I can ask for anything more than what I do in my life than to laugh at something. And she throws them at me and I'm just either shocked or or not prepared. But at least uh, she (laughs) she wins both ways because she's she has this British mentality. It's very dry, demented humor. And it's it's perfect for me. It is true. British humor is dry and demented humor. Oh, it absolutely <laughs> I is. I love it. Love it. But I'm a huge stand-up fan. Mm. So I have that's always been what I wanted to do, but I don't have the nerve to go and do stuff. So kudos to her. She's that's, amazing. Um, putting yourself and, right out there. And she does. In the very best way. Yep. I'm going to check her out. Thanks for telling us that. You're, you're welcome. So it's, and it's nighttime comedy. So it's K-N-I-G-H-T, her last name. That's what I had. And I'm, I've changed it to an N. So (laughs) K-N-I-G-H-T. Yeah. Time, nighttime comedy. Just before COVID, just before COVID started, she was uh, ranked top 10 female comic in Canada. So kudos to her. Kudos to her with a young child. Yes, we got a five-year-old that's a brainiac. Takes after her mom for sure. (laughs) I think she's got good genes on both sides. (laughs) So we have got um, we have got till the top of the hour. Sure. Before we have to stop again, which is good time to do some things and not nearly enough time for others. Okay. But I would like to revisit the. The opportunity that you had to 
had that experience in in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, that was really special. Did someone from a production team of some type take you there, or did you just happen to get the opportunity while you were in Memphis? I happened to be in the corporate world back there in the day, and I was out there visiting, and I had two days to myself. And uh, so I did the complete sightseeing tour on my own um, and got to see the Memphis Grizzlies who were stolen from the Vancouver Grizzlies in Canada. I'm just joking. Um, (laughs) Basketball. (laughs) Uh, But um, Memphis is a very spiritual downtown, a very unique, heavy-based energy from Beale Street to uh, the music halls to um, the B.B. King restaurant. I, I mean, I stepped in everywhere and the amount of energy that I picked up there was just good, bad and ugly. Interesting. It was, but it was different. That's for sure. I've only been there once and that was when I was driving home from Denver and with my husband and we stopped on Beale Street to get barbecue. Oh, nice. And we went to the place that had the biggest trophies and the most of them. (laughs) So that's how we determined which barbecue place we were going to, because they all have them. So, but I thought it was an interesting place too. And I really, I agree with you. The energy is pretty bizarre. It is. And And I'm not taking anything away from Memphis. I'm not taking anything away from the state. It's just, oh, no. it was I mean, just a very, it's a very creative and connected energy. That's where people play music and, and live and love and, and have so mm-hmm. much fun. It was, it was a pretty cool place. Yeah. But it does have its own, its own Dark feels. Side. It does. Now we have a question in chat and I don't sure. know if we're going to have enough because I know where she's going with this. <laughs> But what are your thoughts on playing music in investigations? Do you find that, or have you done that? Uh, not on any of my shows, but I um, I wasn't allowed because of uh, copyright. But um, uh, on the ship episode that I've done, I wanted to play Patsy Cline. And um, we couldn't play the music, but as soon as I played Patsy Cline, uh, boom the spirit world just woke up in the ship. It, it was more, it was more activity than there has ever been on that ship until I, uh, before I played that song. It was crazy. That's cool. Mm-hmm. You know, Music she, is a big deal. It is a big deal because it's actually, it speaks to your soul. Mm-hmm. I think it does it to does. mine. Oh, it does to me too. But, um, the woman who asked is actually, somebody I investigate with, we travel to investigate together to different locations and everywhere we go, she brings, uh, she always has Elvis and Johnny mm-hmm. cash Beautiful. and, you know, evocative music because we investigate jails. We've investigated, um, prison. Mm-hmm. We've investigated places in Savannah and Atlanta. And, you know, I mean, it's just really interesting because, we were at Mansfield Reformatory in Ohio, 
and she started playing music and on her um sls camera the spirit was dancing in front of her basically dancing with her nice and (laughs) it was like oh my goodness he didn't get fresh but you know that -hmm. was really just having fun and i've seen that happen more times than i can count on our investigations together so kudos to that young lady do you think that's because music is kind of it's called the universal language right it is it is it's 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 a humbling thing. We, we, we will stop as, as if we're, we're alive and we will stop dead in our tracks, no pun intended to listen to that tune because it's so enlightening or beautiful or emotional or whatever we're going through. And the spirit world just live for this. They, they enjoy it. And I've been through prisons where I've played music and then everybody gets up to dance you will see orbs moving around in every which way just to do that. It's like going to uh, an abandoned um, high school that I've been to and we put in some music from the sixties in there and we played some turtles and some, um, uh, Oh my God, some Elvis, uh, quite a few different bands, the big bopper, that type of stuff. And it just went wild in there and it was great. Uh, we were hearing doors slam and, and people tapping to the music in the spirit ah. world. It was absolutely stunning. It was great. That is great. That's mm-hmm. so much fun. It is. See, it's not uh, always scary. You want to have fun. You want to bring them to the light. And then you say, yes. hey, are you, are you enjoying yourself here? Or do you want to go home? Please go home. Go to the light. And those are, And some of them that are in the loops, the ones that are hard to get, that's when you really have to do your investigative trials and find out why they're still looping and try and get them out of that. You know, I have always wondered that because I have had cases where there was someone who was afraid to face the afterlife, mm-hmm. fearing judgment. Mm-hmm. And what I know is that there's not always that everybody has to go through a judgment. Mm-hmm. But they don't necessarily i mean it's not a from what i understand it's not a punishment it is a life review it is and yeah that way when you come back you've learned from what you lived am i allowed to swear not big ones okay (laughs) (laughs) all right sorry so what they've done is they've they've made a mistake they're coming back and they're they've been in review and it's not that you're starting your soul life all over again you're going to start a new soul life but you're going to have to go through what you didn't do properly the first time Mm -hmm. and each time you do that you get better at it and you catch up to your soul lives quicker and faster i noticed by the time i was 47 I was really in the swing of things and I knew where my purpose was and what I was doing because everything else was really, really crappy. I almost really used the F-bomb on that one. And then we just learned and I learned to let that go. Let's move forward. That was their problem. That was their issue. I'm not going to get involved. And then I grew. I left them behind, which Mm -hmm. was a soul's 
purpose was to leave that behind. You no longer belong in that environment. Off you go. Sometimes that's difficult, right? Oh, I cried. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I'm, I'm human like everybody else. And, you know, you, uh, for me, it was losing family. But wow. you lose family, you lose family. There's not yeah. much you can do about it. Because blood is not thicker than water, people. Nope. Sometimes it's much, much thinner. Yep. But we have got to take our quick news break. So um, for everyone listening, thank you so much. If you're not in chat, why not? Seriously. So we will catch you on the other side. And this is going to be a bit lengthy, but you know what? I always say, always hoping for a little good news, right? Maybe tonight's the night. Let's see what they've got. Live from NPR News, I'm Janine Herbst. The Democratic-led House Select Committee investigating the January 6th insurrection has asked House Republican leader Kevin McCarthy to testify voluntarily. NPR's Claudia Grisales reports the chairman of the panel says the committee will also consider a subpoena if he refuses to appear. Chairman Benny Thompson says the committee wants to hear from Kevin McCarthy regarding his comments on the day of the attack. We know that... He gave a statement on the floor uh, about uh, President Trump bearing some responsibility for what occurred. And we need to uh, get him uh, before the committee to, to just say, why did you make that statement? McCarthy has publicly shared that he had a, quote, very heated conversation with the former president on the day of the January 6th siege. So far, McCarthy has ruled out he'll share more details beyond public remarks he's made so far. Claudia Grisales, NBR News, the Capitol. China has suspended dozens of flights from the U.S. and other countries after some incoming passengers tested positive for the coronavirus. And as NPR's John Ruich reports, the U.S. Department of Transportation is warning of possible retaliation. A department spokesperson said in a statement China's actions are inconsistent with its obligations under a bilateral air transport agreement. The statement said the DOT retains the right to take regulatory measures as appropriate. Flights between the world's number one and number two economies have already been sharply curtailed because of the pandemic. According to official statistics, China has largely kept COVID-19 in check since the initial outbreak. Earlier this week, though, it recorded its first cases of the fast-spreading Omicron variant. That poses a fresh challenge to the country's zero-tolerance policy for COVID just weeks before it hosts the Winter Olympics. John Ruich, NPR News. The Labor Department is reporting another big jump in consumer prices. NPR Scott Horsley has more. Consumer prices in December were up 7% from a year ago. That's the sharpest increase in nearly four decades. Prices rose half a percent between November and December, even though gasoline and natural gas prices were falling during that period. Rent and used cars were among the big drivers of last month's price hikes. Grocery prices also continued to climb, although not as sharply as in previous months. Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell told lawmakers at his confirmation hearing Tuesday the central bank is prepared to raise interest rates as necessary to bring prices under control. Fed policymakers said in December they expect to raise rates about three times this year. The first rate hike could come as early as March. Scott Horsley, NPR News, Washington. Wall Street higher by the closing bell. The Dow up 38 points at 36,290. The Nasdaq up 34 points. S&P 500 up 13. This is NPR News. 
Nominations for the Screen Actors Guild Awards were announced this morning on Instagram by actors Vanessa Hudgens and Rosario Dawson. And for Mandela DeBarco has more. Leading the SAG nominations in the film categories was Ridley Scott's House of Gucci. With a shot in the Best Ensemble category, the drama's stars Jay Leto and Lady Gaga are competing in the acting categories. Father, son, and house of Gucci. Jane Campion's Western Power of the Dog also lapped up three nominations for actors Benedict Cumberbatch, Kirsten Dunst, and Cody Smith-McPhee. Power of the Dog was not nominated as an ensemble work. That category includes Belfast, Coda, Don't Look Up, and King Richard. Leading in the TV nominations are the series Succession, Ted Lasso, Mayor of Easttown, The Morning Show, and Squid Game. The award ceremony is set for February 27th. Mandalit del Barco, NPR News, Los Angeles. The Biden administration is holding its first offshore wind auction next month, offering nearly 500,000 acres off the coast of New York and New Jersey. The wind energy projects could produce enough electricity to power 2 million homes. Officials say the auction will allow offshore wind developers to bid on six lease areas. This as the administration announced today a variety of clean energy actions, including steps to speed up reviews of solar, onshore wind and geothermal energy projects. U.S. futures contracts are trading flat at less check. I'm Janine Herbst, NPR News. This message is brought to you by the NPR Coffee Club. A subscription brings fresh roasted coffee directly to your door, and you can also give a gift subscription to the NPR superfan in your life. Learn more about our new NPR blends by visiting us at nprcoffeeclub.org. Welcome back to WBHM Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. The time is five minutes after the hour. Welcome back for the second hour of Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson, and I'm so glad you're here. My guest tonight is Jim Hunt, who is a medium, a psychic, and a life coach. Wouldn't you love to have this life coach? And he is also on Knock Knock Ghost on Amazon Prime. And if you're not watching that, you're missing out. Just saying. So, Jim, I appreciate you. And thanks for coming back for the second hour. Thank you for <laughs> you having me. You didn't run away. <laughs> Thank you for having me still. I haven't offended anyone yet. That's pretty good. Not even close. So, um, oh, Sherry said, I'll bet he picked a lot up at Sun Studios. Did you go oh, to Sun Studios? Yes. Oh, yes, I did. I sat in front of that sidewalk, and all I got was, like, hugs and kisses because of the music that was playing outside uh-huh. Sun Studios. And I was getting hugs and kisses from every spirit because I was actually listening to music that other people couldn't hear. Ah, uh, that's the lineup, excellent. The lineup of someone waiting to make a record, to listen saying that they have this and they want this played on the next, uh, what did they say, right after the news. Yeah. And um, uh, it was kind of fun to be there. It was it was an amazing trip for me. I, I, I will go back. Tennessee, I'm coming back. Well, let me know because I am right below there. Okay. So I will come and we shall break bread together. Beautiful. I would love that. I think that. so too. Mm-hmm. Um, now, I'm going to go through these questions. Okay. Um, and do you use many trigger objects 
She says, we've had neat reactions at some locations with them. Okay. Um, music would be a trigger action. Um, um, no, not very often. I will go in as an open book and allow them to know that I'm not there to harm anybody. And they slowly come out of their their spiritual shyness and start talking. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Well, I'm, and this, as she said, is a former client. And yep. I love, I am loving this question. We may take the rest of the time up with this, but Uh-oh. it's a fantastic, fantastic Uh-oh. question. Petra. So um, what is the connection in the paranormal between spirits and ETs? Wow. There's a mm-hmm. lot there. Um, so the ET world, I will pronounce and use the word grays more than I will say the word ETs. So it's just in case people are confused, there is no difference between ET and grays. It's just my vocabulary. Um, I have seen grays in the spirit world that have never talked to me, but have acknowledged my presence when I see them. They are here that we're stuck on our earth this earth that could not get back so they are a wandering soul that are in loops that i can never move forward because they don't give me the right time of day nor pay attention to me the ets that are amongst us now or the grays that are amongst us now are a little bit more um communicative they're showing up a lot more as we know through covid and because we've looked into the sky more in the last two years than we have in our entire lives for the last 60 years, um, we're seeing more and more and we are feeling their energy and it's twice the energy or three times the energy of a human spirit. When you feel an ET spirit, you know that they're in the room. You yes. know that they're in that house. You know that they're on route. You know that they're coming out of the forest. You know that they're coming out of the, the walls. They are there and they make their presence known but they do not share i cannot communicate with them uh, or they won't communicate with me they acknowledge me i get the little old school 1920s head nod with the little movement of their hand and that's it and they fade in and fade out as quickly as i see them but they do communicate better and faster than the human spirit who's passed on. They are there. They have something to say. I'm not at a level in their part of their spirit world to communicate with them. In my opinion, I think we have to go through a few different stages before we do that. For me anyway, I'm not that higher up like I want to be. (laughs) Do you, do you feel that um, you answered the first question I had with how do you, they acknowledge you? So the head, head bob and the... Always the head bob. I've, and it's been not a lot, a handful, and it's always a head bob. Well, do you feel like they don't feel that you're on a level that they're willing to come down to, to communicate? A hundred percent. I really do. And I think that 
uh, it will evolve as we start to see more. We've got more investigations. We're seeing things a lot differently. They're worldwide. I mean, here in Ontario, Canada, I think we had over 300 sightings mm -hmm. and all near our, our Lake Ontario. We, right. Unbelievable. And I think that this communication thing is going to open before my lifetime. I think so too. I think that it's, um, I think it's actually in process at this point, mm -hmm. but I do a lot of research on the UFO side of things because I'm fascinated by it. And I've been blessed enough to attend several conferences as media and get to talk to people relevant to their experiences and stuff. But it's always interesting to me because they, they always have the upper hand and Thank yet, you. and yet as a rule, as a rule, they primarily seem to just scare the fire out of people when, you know, unless they're in mid experimentation, abduction moments, whatever. But if it's somebody who just comes across accidentally, or I don't really believe they're accidents, but no, they're not, you know, but the fear, it's not like they're trying to create the fear. It's like our innate response to them is fear because it's something we don't recognize, but we've been told that it's scary and possibly, you know, malicious. So, and, and that's where I run back to my childhood. No one understood what we were able to do. They were more afraid of us, mm -hmm. the human side. And so they wanted to hurt us or they, they, they reached out with horrible energy because it was all fear-based and we're fear-based. I'm not afraid of them. I want to meet them. I, I know I yes. sound insane, but I, I want the, I, I want the respect of them nodding at me to say, Hey, stop the nodding. And, how about if you just shake my hand or talk to me or say something? Don't just give me that little acknowledgement that I'm lower than you, which I probably am, but I want to talk to them. I want to talk to them too. And, you know, I have them, I have the flights show up above me, like during meteor showers. And it's very, it's almost every meteor shower that I go out to watch and they come from, either side they park in a constellation and they just sit there it's like they're there for the meteor show too and but it happens with the landers it happens with the perseids it happens with everything mm -hmm. so i used to get freaked out about that and now i just kind of check my watch because they're late you know so beautiful it's um People wish could, they can see me smile because I like that analogy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Petra says, party at my house for all interdimensionals. Beautiful. You got it. And I'm showing up too. She'll, she'll put on a party for us. That's for sure. That's a good thing. Yep. Now, I am, did you just get interested in them from coming across them? Yes. There was no, I had, well, my God, no because I've only talked about it on a few shows. I was with my dad when I was a young kid and he was delivering groceries for my grandfather's store. 
and we were in a station wagon and um, we were heading north of Montreal, which was quite rural back in the day. You know, you can step in one street and all of a sudden you're in a forest kind of thing. And we were delivering and coming back and it was a dirt road and you didn't hear anything. But I looked up in the sky and said, Dad, look at the ring of lights. And he looked up and he just said, oh, Jimmy, come on, that's a helicopter. He said, Dad, it's not making ah. any noise. And he looked, looked again. And I'm being honest with you. I think we lost a bit of time. I don't know how much time. I was too young. And then he just said, never talk about it. You don't talk about it. You keep your mouth shut. Nobody needs to know this. But he put his massive hand and his big finger in front of my face to make sure that I didn't mention it. When I saw, when I saw the first one, I was in sixth grade going to seventh. It was summer. We were outside having a barbecue and my dad and his friends were, you know, airborne green berets. Mm -hmm. And so these were people that, I mean, you know, they were crazy. They jumped out of perfectly good airplanes. (laughs) So, I'm sitting there and, you know, the dinner's almost ready and everybody's just chill. And there was, there were lights with no sound. And I was like, what is that? But I'd gone to watch them jump so many times, including night jumps, that, you know, when they would let the families come, it was cool. But um, I got the helicopter thing too. That's why I went, I started when you said that. So... I was like, there's no noise. Helicopters are not quiet. No. And and it was fairly low. And it was, you know, they just kind of poo-pooed it and, you know, off. And when I went to bed, there were red and um, blue, no, yes, red and white lights in, coming in my window. And they were flashing and they were, they were, I think there were blue lights too, but I mean, they weren't like police car lights at all, not even close. And I was like, oh, my, cause it, they woke me up and I don't know why I woke up because I'm a dead sleeper. But, Mm -hmm. um, I was not getting up. I pulled the covers over my head like that would ever stop anyone and just closed my eyes. So it was, you you know, I wasn't afraid though, Kat. I wasn't afraid, but I didn't want to see. And, um, I I believe you and I understand that, but I didn't get a sense that we were going to be hurt. I got a more of a sense of curiosity and to what that Mm -hmm. was and understand that was the same summer or the summer after actually of meeting the spirit who showed me where my GI Joe was. So I was that young. I can remember wearing cargo shorts, the black socks with running shoes, um, the crappy little uh, um, checkered shirt, you know, and just, the bean shave and my father was a Navy man. So 
And he was in the Navy for two years before he contracted tuberculosis. So it was just like, was so weird because he was a man's man. You didn't screw with my father. You did not, not be a person of integrity. My father right. would never take it. It was crazy. That's so neat. when, and when we saw it, he saw it. I, and I know he saw it, but he made up the excuse like everybody else did back in the sixties. Right. So, and I can honestly say it was 1965 because that's when we got our Canadian flag. Wow. Yep. Well, we have to go to break, believe it or not. (laughs) (laughs) We will be right back. And Thank you so much. And I do see the questions we will ask. So see you on the other side. Warning. The following message does not necessarily reflect the views of WBHMDB or its hosts, guests, listeners, or of any functioning adult in general. In fact, Frank should probably seek professional help. Listener discretion is advised. Hi there. Frank Lee here. I thought that I would spend a few moments telling you about the positivity from the network here. Uh, the overall message of para-unity and happiness and how everyone here wants to get along with everyone out there and how everything is just wonderful. Wait, Cat's not looking. Uh, Okay, I've got something to really tell you. Okay, so I'm going to tell you what's really going on. Honestly, all that being nice and positive crap is kind of hurting my soul, as dark as it is. So, what's really happening? You see it all the time. Everybody and their brother out there has a paranormal team because they watch a couple of episodes of Ghost Hunters or some crap like that. So they go and they spend half their mortgage payment on tools and things that light up that they don't understand. And then the next logical step after buying matching black t-shirts and posing like 90s rappers for their Facebook page is to, of course, have their own podcast. Well, you know what? You're not going to find that crap here. What we have here at WBHM Digital Broadcasting is the best host, the best guest, bringing you real information. All of the hosts here on this network know their stuff. They are the people who have been out there doing the work, doing actual research. And no, by research, I don't mean binge-watching some kind of cheesy TV show on Netflix. I mean reading books. I mean out in the field doing the lay work. And who are they interviewing on their shows? They're bringing you the people they have learned from. They're bringing you the best in the field, covering all kinds of topics from UFOs and aliens to Bigfoot to cryptozoology to ghosts to anything you can think of a bit strange and unexplained. It is here, and you're going to get the best information here. So stay tuned to WPHM Digital Broadcasting. Don't go anywhere. Speaking of going somewhere. 
I gotta go before my mic gets cut. We'll see you there on WBHM DB. Welcome back to Paranormal Experience with Kat Hobson. I'm so glad you're here. And I have been having the best time. And I always kid around and tell y'all that at some point, somebody's going to start recording their breaks, right? It's not going to be me. Because I like having guests be glad to come back. (laughs) But the conversations, y'all, are so fun and informative. So... Just know that you are listening to a class act tonight. So we have a question for you, Jim. And can you tell them about a crazy experience you had on the Knock Knock Wood Ghost Show? And um, I don't even know how you would narrow that down. Mm-hmm. I'm so sorry, but you were not coming through. I'm not? But you are now. Okay. So, I, I, out of every episode that I've done, the most amazing was the psychiatric ward in London, Ontario. Ooh. And it was not the patients that were there. It was the people that worked there for 30, 40, 50 years. Mm-hmm. And they were the ones that were helping me. And I was there before we started filming because we had to do a walkthrough because everyone is afraid. I don't know why, but they were afraid. So we'd always do a walkthrough. And the curator, his name, um, he was, uh, it's not important. We walked in because I'm not allowed to say his name. Uh, We walked in. As we walked in, I just said, uh, who's Kenny? And he looked at me completely shocked. And I said, Kenny was my engineer. Him and I worked on the engineering side. And I just said, well, in section C, you have a water pump that's going. He said, I just walked by there and everything is fine, Jim. Like very sarcastically. Right. And not more than 15 minutes later, because he walked us towards that way, the bearings in the water pump were going and he had to shut that pump off. So That's that was that priceless. was beautiful for me. And we couldn't yeah. put it on air because we weren't filming. Oh, no. <laughs> I know. But that's just the way that rolls. I get some of my best evidence when I don't have a camcorder in my hand. Mm-hmm. But that was, that to me, that was the best one. Uh, and the other one was um, releasing a boy that had drowned in a tub at a hotel that we were at. And it was because of mother neglect. Sorry, oh, it happens. Yeah. And um, I sent him back to his mother, who was who neglected him in spirit. And she hugged him and grabbed him and pulled him into the lake because that's all she wanted to do. Oh. So that was the other one that was really. Did being pulled into the lake not bother him after experiencing a drowning death? Um, oh, did you say light or lake? Light. I oh. a light. Sorry. <laughs> I thought she said lake, and I'm like, well, that's just not sounding no. like something that should have happened. Good heavens! I was I drowned 
at the age of seven and was pulled onto a wharf. And we still don't know how because the wharf was four feet above the water level. And there was no such thing as mouth-to-mouth resuscitation back in the 60s. And there was none of that. And I was just pulled over to my side. I had a big red mark on my chest. And I was just choking out water. And that was one of the experiences that I had for a near-death experience. And it was one of the freakiest things that have ever happened to me in my lifetime. Um, I don't remember very much other than being um, on my back, feeling the sand on my back from the water. And then all of a sudden being pulled out of the water with no help. And I was on a wharf out of nowhere, out of on the dock, sorry. And uh, choking up water. I'll, I, I, I've thanked that spirit over and over and over again. And I've always waited for that spirit to show up and say, who the heck were you? Because I want to thank you. And all I get is don't fight it. You were meant to do something more. And that's why you were on that dock. That's all I get. And it's true because that's I've done enough. a lot since. Yep. I mean, is, is that enough for you? It you is. So you still now look. It is. Okay. I still do. I still do because we're all curious. Yeah. It's that human side of us, but I don't fight it anymore. I just accept it. I'm so glad. Mm. Me too. It, it takes a lot to get to that point of acceptance sometimes. It does. In my it experience. Really does. Mm-hmm. So another question is, do you have many strange dreams? And if so, do you write them down? Do you keep a dream journal? Oh my gosh. I don't have to do a dream journal. I remember every single one of them as far back as I can remember, but I'm being honest with you. I know what dreams are and I know what visions are. I get more visions than I do dreams. Um, the dreams that I get <clears throat> are warnings. The visions I get are to protect others, to give them information. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. You know, I was speaking with a guest recently and she was like, you know, you need to chronicle your dreams. Everybody dreams. And I used to be fantastic about remembering them and mm-hmm. And I always respect the messages that I get from the ones that I do. And for whatever reason, I just, you know, lost track of that. And that was so odd to me that I was like, all of a sudden, not hearing anything or remembering anything because it was always a large part of me. And... I don't know if maybe the things that we've discussed earlier tonight will help with that. Yeah, the knowledge. I think it will because that's about the time that they that I stopped remembering them. Hmm. And I bought a new notebook just to do that. And is the notebook red or yellow or neither? It's yellow. Yellow. Thank you. Uh I have both. (laughs) But the one for the dreams is the small yellow one. Okay, thank you. You're welcome. (laughs) But it's funny that those were your choices because I also bought two really nifty floral ones and I'm not a floral girl. Hmm. I'm I'm more of a you know, a lotus or or 
just Aztec kind of thing. I like right. I like everything really, and I'm I have a serious stationary addiction, so there's a lot of stuff. So does my comedic wife. You guys are weird. <laughs> well, she probably wants to write down the the jokes as she's having them come to her. Right? Absolutely. I just like stationary. <laughs> <laughs> but I have learned I can't write a book by sitting down at my computer and doing it. I have to no. handwrite it and then transcribe through Dragon. Mm-hmm. And it works much better. But so I got and the notebook I was using, all the pages were coming out because it was a bound notebook oh, and when right. I tried right. to go. So it's a learning process, but I'm getting stuff down to put it <laughs> into the book. It's, I've been fighting it for different reasons for a year now. So Insane. it's life. It is. But, but um, now I got myself sidetracked because Sorry. <laughs> of the dreams. But yes, <laughs> the dream journal is yellow and spiral. And I figured that it's bright and sunny, so it'll go with waking up. And... A lot of my people who write dreams, they they have the coiled ones so that mm-hmm. they can have a pen attached to a string so they're not fighting to look for the pen. Yes. And it, uh, they'll open it up right away and they'll find the pen attached to the coil and they start writing down because they don't want to lose the train of thought of looking for something, right? Right. And the post post wake-up opportunity is not very long. No. It's only like 20 seconds. It is. And maybe. Um, maybe 20 seconds. Yeah. But that's how I learned the name of my spirit guide was just asking before I would go to bed. And I got the same name like three different times. That's interesting. And, well, and it, it wasn't a name I was familiar with. It was very unusual. And hmm. I mean, I've never heard that there were rules about saying the name or whatever because I talk to her sometimes, but it's Algonquin. And to me, that was a very unusual name. I was thinking that it was the Northern, uh, North America, Northern North American Indian tribe, mm-hmm. but it's not. It has an M in front of it. So that's interesting. I know, right? It is. So, somebody looked it up on a show I was on that I did and um, came back and said that there's a park in Belgium. That is my spirit guide. You have a picture? <laughs> You're gifted. That is a rendering. <laughs> That's very good. Yeah. The cat has For no those eyes. not looking, it's a cat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I promise you, we are ready to go to, to video, so it's not going to be much longer. And I'll have you come back, and you can let people see the picture behind you, which is brilliant, and your rendering. So, Thank you. Well, you know, I can't imagine that we would ever run out of conversation. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> um, well... Let me let me ask this question. It's, sure. it's being asked in a very polite method. Sure. Um, 
Do you have any feelings about any of us in chat, or don't you do that? And if not, and if not, please don't ask. I was just curious. I'm sorry, but too late. Um, what happens here is uh, when that you're you're speaking on behalf of that person. Yes. Right. Who's asked the question? So yes. uh, right away they tell me that they're right-handed. They didn't like wearing dresses for a very very long time. Um, they were forced to wear glasses and they're very unique and they want to be loved and they forgot how that happens all the time because they're loved and then they're forgotten and then they're loved and then they're forgotten. But this time they're in love. That's what I I just picked up. I would agree. Don't know about the dresses. I do know I've never seen them in one. Okay. But I don't see her often. So, oh, yes, yes, true, no dresses, cat eyeglasses. Beautiful. <laughs> so, That's pretty neat. But it's, it's, it's a travel of energies that go from her spirit guides through your spirit guide to talk to me. And that happens in milliseconds. It's not like it happens and I have to really sit here and guess, go, whoa, where's my crystal ball? There's no such thing as a crystal ball with me. It's an answer that's given right away. And well, what we have just done is a deja vu for me. Really? Yeah. I love deja vu. I used to think it was very common. And mm, it is, but the frequency not. is not common. No. When I had a... Um, a person who was trying to document paranormal experiences back in the 80s in a little town in Tennessee who was, you know, whatever, I wound up in that study. And when they were asking me about it, that was a primary question. And I said, I have it like everybody. Everybody does that. And they said, well, how often do you do it? And I didn't want to be different. Right. So I'm trying to get best guess here. And I said, well, you know, I do it like everybody. Mm. Yeah, everybody does it. And they said, well, is it once a year? Is it, you know, maybe a couple of times a year? Do you? I said, well, I do it a few times a day. And, you know, it's saved my life on at least three occasions. So I'm glad I have it. <laughs> you know, I said, but seriously. Everybody does that. And they've made the same face that you just made at me. Mm. That was like, nope, everybody does not. So. It's always interesting. And people should carry digital recorders around with them to get information. If they can really break down the digital recorder. And if they're asking their loved ones who have passed on, you'll get a message. And it's never from a demonic. It isn't. If it is, it's rare but you're usually going to get an angelic or an answer from your loved one. And I'm telling you majority of the time it happens. So just always walk around with your voice recorder. Yep. As much as, and as often as you can. Well, I kind of do. And it's just by, with the equipment that we have, I have a Mac. So I'm able to break down almost every, every little noise vibration and you'll i'll usually get just like bug off or can you be quiet for five minutes Uh, you're talking too much 
I'll get those quite often, so it's kind of fun. That is funny. Mm-hmm. That really is funny. <laughs> but oh, and she said thank you. Oh, very welcome. And she has a good February coming. A very good February coming. Coolio. I wonder if we're going to see each other in February. Then I could be maybe a witness to some of her very good February. She's wonderful. But, mm-hmm. um, can you do that with anybody else in chat? Um, Out of curiosity, some, because... Uh, is there a Bev or uh, an Elizabeth or change her name to Bev? Or is someone um, in there with a name change? Well, there's a Lori who... No. There's, um, well, I already told you, Petra, mm-hmm. and there is a Denise, and I can't see the rest of it because I am, well, maybe I can okay. here, um, but that's who I see right off the way. So Denise is worrying about her weight that she needs to just control, and it's emotional, and that'll be over by the time spring comes. Yay. That I know. Um, Lori is um, very analytical in her job, and she's a creative, so that's interesting. And she's slightly introverted. She actually is um, retired. Okay. But she used to be introverted. Oh, okay. And she has had a life change fairly recently. Hmm. A lot more calm is coming to her. So that's good for you. But you yes. probably noticed it around Remembrance Day or Memorial Day. Okay. So that's outstanding. <laughs> Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, I figured if we did it with, with Sherry, maybe we could do it with We're others just, oh. too. Yeah. It, it can get convoluted in a way. It can be watered down mm-hmm. only because it's, it's um, uh, you know, when I'm doing um, psychic readings and they say, oh, I want my mom in the room with me because I'm too scared. And then I'm getting more of a reading off their mom than I am right. off the, the daughter or the friend. And I feel bad for that. But I'm just saying, well, you know, the connected energy is the strength that's behind it. And most of the time, a daughter doesn't want to tell their mother everything. And I'm going wow, I've really got to control what I'm going to say to this person. So I can't give them full truth. Not I'm giving them truths, but I can't say everything as to why they're stuck in that situation because um, um, the daughter is having a hard time in school and doesn't want to be in school anymore. And she spends her time at Dunkin' Donuts. So, you know, I can't say that. I don't want to say that because that's up to the daughter to make that decision. Absolutely. Right. And I have to tell you that Denise's husband mm-hmm. logged in and said, hello, all Denise says woohoo on the weight loss is in diving and is diving into the ice cream now. <laughs> <laughs> I love that. I love it. Good humor, mister. Well, and she that's is, not the ice cream. She is awesome. So she's one of our hosts here on the network. Oh, cool. And just happened to be in there. Yeah. Um, Sherry says, Denise, don't worry, you're beautiful. Eat that ice cream. We have a very supportive chat, right? (laughs) That's good. That's awesome. 
we have to take our last break and we will be right back. So y'all come back too and bring more questions. You're listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experience Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Come on, I'm Southern, but... Um, nope. That'll do. Hello, I am Kat Hobson, host of Paranormal Experience here on WBHN Digital Broadcasting out of Birmingham, Alabama. I enjoy having guests from all areas of the paranormal, from ghosts to ufology to cryptids and beyond. You'll find some of the best researchers in their fields bringing you some great information. Join me on Wednesday nights from 8 to 10 p. Eastern here on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Since 1948, Fate Magazine has brought you reports of the strange and unknown, all of them true. Fate Radio is carrying on that tradition, bringing you the unusual, macabre, strange, and bizarre. Join host Cat Hobson Sunday nights from 8 to 10 p.m. Eastern on WBHM Digital Broadcasting. Listening to WBHM Digital Broadcasting, the best in paranormal talk, only on Paranormal Experienced Radio, broadcasting live out of Birmingham, Alabama. Welcome back for the final segment of Paranormal Experience. I am so so glad you're here. And if you're not in chat yet, you should have been. Just just saying that we have one more question. And it's a personal one. And then Sherry says, how's my dad if it's not too much to ask? So your dad is no longer crossing his arms. He's being very, very animated. He was thrilled to see the family that he hasn't seen in a long time and went directly to the light. And to add to that, there was a lot of music being played, like a lot of like stomping of your feet, clapping. And it was like almost like a welcoming committee committee to bring your dad there because there was a lot of loneliness attached to your dad's living spirit. But once he walked into the light, he was embraced by mom, by a brother, I believe it is, and by somebody that he knew was a best friend that worked on cars. And that's what I got. Thank you. That's very fresh for her. Mm -hmm. And so I know that she had been curious. She's a curious person. Did Denise not not do the old school, her feet on his feet to dance someplace? Did what? You know how you see a commercial where a child will hold on to their father's or put their feet on top of their father's feet and mimic the dance routine? I felt like that was something that 
he was Sherry. doing. Sherry, yeah. Well, ask her, Sherry. Did you dance on your daddy's feet to learn how to do a waltz? Or any other dance? But, you know, that's something that is so rare and special because my grandpa is who did that with me. Oh, wow. And because I had to know how to do a waltz. So I might have been picking up on your energy, Kat. Well, We'll maybe. But, (laughs) yeah, my dad was a dance instructor through college. (laughs) Oh, wow. So, yeah, he taught me to jitterbug. But my, we have a My request. dad was, what? sorry, go ahead. No, nope, your dad what? He was a dancer. My father was, like, everybody stopped to watch him dance. And oh, this was wow. the, the 50s, 60s, right? So it was kind of cool. That is way cool. Mm-hmm. Well, yes. In third grade, she had to do a bicentennial dance, and he helped her. Beautiful. So that is beautiful. Always around her. And thanks her for being his daughter. Well, I would thank her if she was my daughter. She is a beautiful spirit. But we have a request Mm -hmm. for shapeshifter stories. Beautiful. What you got? Okay. Um, Flying into Denver, Colorado, 2018. Uh, it was uh, right after, it was in February, before Valentine's. I was jumping onto my flight. I was uh, waiting for a flight. It was slightly delayed. And it was, a, it was an airline where they had somebody working there. I, shapeshifters don't like to be called out or seen. Uh, this shapeshifter was uh, doing details of allowing luggage or moving people onto a flight. We looked at each other eye to eye. It removed its clipboard. It removed its badge. And it just took the heck and ran out of Dodge. It just left. Wow. And that is my shapeshifter story that I've had. I've seen shapeshifters on our subway system here in Toronto. I've seen it in Montreal. I've seen it. I've seen shapeshifters in baseball games in here in Toronto. Um, at hockey games. Uh, they're amongst us in droves, to be honest with you. And are why, sh- I don't know. Are they shapeshifters as in Native American lore shapeshifters, or are they shapeshifters as in... Um, Grays. That's what I was going to say. Yes. But there I didn't more... know whether to go with... <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I didn't know which ET, term to go with. But... ET backslash Grays. Yeah, well, you know, I was actually going to, are they reptilian in nature? Are they just basic grays in nature? They're basic grays in nature. The reptilian ones, I'm not blessed enough to see, or I've heard of them, and I've heard of other mediums and other intuitives who have seen reptilians. I have never been, had the opportunity in my 63 years of life of seeing a reptilian. I was just curious because you hear so much about them. Mm-hmm. And it's generally negative. Mm-hmm. So it is. I don't think that. I find it hard to believe that an entire species would be negative. Mm-hmm. But, you know, but I don't know any. Although I was told by a guest that I was 
you know, reptilian royalty in another life. So I, w- I would have picked that up off of you, I think. Well, I would hope. I, I put it, and I didn't. So I don't know. <laughs> well, I was taken aback because, yeah, and she was like, well, we can talk about that after the show. I said, well, I'm not afraid of anything you're going to say. Mm-hmm. You know, and she was, and then she went there, and I was kind of like, huh, probably should have talked about that after the show. But <laughs> just because of the connotation people put with that. Yes. I didn't want to frighten anyone. And, you know, but it's not something that I've encountered. I don't feel like that's true. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. Yeah, I have missing time over a few years. I'm I'm old, so there's been times. Could have been the old. 60s, I don't know. We're not old. Not inside. No. <laughs> <laughs> Outside, maybe. But, um, you know, I'm not somebody that worries about that. Yeah. I love birthdays. And I always figure that every time I get one, doing something right. So, what, we've got eight minutes. Okay. You've got a lot of stuff. <laughs> Is there anything that you would like to share that I have not touched on? Well, um, I don't know if, uh, if people are interested in watching or understanding how spirits go in a loop and why they can't be, sometimes it's very hard to get them to move into the light. We've never talked about something like that. If if you're, I guessing. would like to. Okay, so here in Toronto, about eight years ago, a I didn't know this. A woman was hit by a taxi and she died at that intersection. Um, I did not know that until I actually saw her spirit going over and over and over again in the same spot. And uh, what we do for a living is trying to remove the spirit who is in shock to the light. She ignored me, didn't pay attention to me. Uh, I even had another medium come with me and she felt her but didn't see her, which was weird. And uh, she kept on doing the loop and the loop and the loop. So what I had to do was find out why she was was doing that. And uh, from what we were told is she was always late for work. She was a librarian and she was rushing and wasn't paying attention and was struck by this taxi. Um, and so what I had to do was find that out through our investigative ways. And what I did was I grabbed a couple of books from my bookshelf and I put them right at the intersection of where she was hit. And at the same time, she would go through the loop and all of a sudden she would notice these books on the ground. And she looked up and paid attention and got out of that sequence of her loop. And I heard her say, who would leave books on the street like this? And I just said, I did. And I'm very sorry. Can you go to the light? Your mother's waiting for you. She looked up, turned around, went into the light and understand something, people. You don't get the gratitude and the thank yous and the, oh, thank you very much for showing me the way. She literally broke the cycle of that loop of that death happening to her because there was something that didn't belong to her in her loop that we confused her and she was going through this sadness 
and this fear of not knowing that she was dead. And then all of a sudden looking up, there's the light, her mom is calling her in and she was gone and it was instantaneous. And all I did was grab the books off the intersection, which people thought I was really weird at and went on my merry way. And in the last eight years, she has never returned to that intersection. Wow. And that's one of my loop stories that I just love. I love it too. We have one more Grace question for you, if that's okay. Sure. Um, are the Grace multiplying or do they have very long lives? I don't know because I've never been able to talk to them to ask. My theory, Are you noticing more? I'm noticing more, but I'm not noticing the same ones. So there are different variations of grays. Um, um, uh, I don't see them with the big heads and the long arms and the weird body configuration. They're almost humanoid. I think their heads are slightly bigger wider broader shoulders on most of the ones that i have seen in spirit but i have not seen the ones that they talk about on tv or the ones that were um, abducted i've never seen those type before you know i i was curious about that because when travis walton and i were talking about it he said that when he woke up do you know who that is he's the mm -hmm. okay Yep. But um, he said that when he would wake up on the craft, when he woke up enough to actually get up, you know, to see around him, because he was, every time he would wake up, he would know, I'm very damaged. This is not good. Mm -hmm. But when he got up where he could raise his head, he said that they looked like bugs surrounding him. And... So when he flipped out, they left. He was trying to kill them. They left, and then they came back as Nordics, or Nordics came in. Nordics came, okay, I've heard about the Nordics, yeah. So I just thought that was interesting. I've never heard them described as appearing to be bugs, looking like bugs. But I, I've never, see, I would like to meet someone like him, only to read him, to mm -hmm. see what kind of energy is around an abducted person. I would really love to have that opportunity in my lifetime, I think. Well, when you come to the States, yep. maybe we can find you someone to talk to. That would be amazing. Because so, my plan down the road is to go back to what I was doing and visit the Americas again. And um, people will book readings with me at whatever place that I'm going to be staying in because I love travel. I love visiting. I love conversations. So we'll see. Well, we are out of time. Can okay. you tell, do you have a YouTube channel? Uh, I don't, I do have a YouTube channel, um, but I'm more on Instagram at Jim Hunt official, uh, Twitter, Jim Hunt official. And my website is jimhuntofficial.com. Um, the YouTube is Jim Hunt official as well. Um, there's not much on there that I can say. Um, there is a, there is a future opportunity for me to go back into television. I'm just trying to figure out if I want to do it again. Uh, and I'm being honest. I It's just a lot of work and a lot of, uh, takes me away from my family, but, um, 
I enjoy what I'm doing. I enjoy helping people. I try and give you as many answers as I can. And I don't want to disappoint the people when I don't have the answers, but I'll always try and find one for you. Um, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy these conversations. I mean, it's, it's a lot of fun and it's, it's a, it's a nice genre to get into and to be invited to different podcasts to, to be able to, to speak and say what we see and feel. Well, I have enjoyed you thoroughly and the comments in chat is that you're amazing. They love this show. Oh, well, thank you all so very much. Really. Thank you. I appreciate that and respect that. So that being said, thank you. Thank you very much. And, you know, every time I know that I thought somebody was probably going to get bored with this, but my friend used my end of show quote in her father's eulogy. And I am so honored and flattered and glad that it's something that mattered to her because, you know, seriously, if you don't like what you're seeing and a lot of people don't fix it, smile. If you're wearing a mask, smile. The eyes show that the eyes will always show the true you use them. If you think people are being ugly or just overbearing, um, be kind. They won't know what to think. You'll confuse them. They'll forget to be ugly. So be the change always. And if you need, um, if you need a guide to that, there's a song that Corey Smith wrote called be the change. He's a country singer in North America he wrote it for an organization in South Africa that feeds people. So there's good things. And I will see you Sunday night with Fate Mag Radio with my guest, Phyllis Gaudi from Fate Magazine. Imagine that. Be my first time interviewing my boss, right? Woohoo! So see you there. Be the change. Keep the smile. Good night.